0: I didn't realize this. I was listening as I was driving in. And uh, I must admit, I have no good excuse for being tardy today other than we were recording some hot fire for you. a good uh, excerpt coming up from the Big Sky Breakdown podcast with Brooks Nuanez and a great all-football all the time uh, this week as well. And truly, we just didn't have our phones, and here we are. Anyways, nobody cares about that. I was listening to our, our, our buddies at the Grizz Fan Pod. And I will say, I don't have... I love you. I love you guys. I love you, Mike and Brent and Luke and uh, and Sample. But I often don't have the endurance to do the the three hour because <laughs> you know I got a lot of other stuff to listen to. We also happen to record I don't know close to twenty hours worth of stuff here at ESPN Radio every week. But it's a fun listen all the time. Uh, Mike and Brent particularly been great friends of this show. They both have supported the show. They've advertised on this show, and of course Kyle Sample. You know him. He's a friend of the show. He's also one of my best friends and a guy I've worked alongside forever, but a guy I've been friends with for you know half my life. and uh, So it's always fun to just check it out, and even if it's you're just listening for 15 minutes while you're driving in. But they dropped a stat on there that I hadn't considered. I was surprised by this, Andrew. This was a stat that uh, Nugent dropped on the, the Grizz fan pod today. Clifton McDowell rushed for 117 yards last week. Uh, good day by him on the ground. Had a nice 40-yarder early that was, I thought, one of the key offensive uh, plays of the first half for the Grizz. But McDowell now, and they just said he's a record holder. They didn't say what the actual total was, so maybe you can look it up for us. But he has the most rushing yards in a single season by a quarterback now in Grizz football history, breaking Dalton Snead's record. I thought that was interesting because McDowell's certainly been uh, steady and and uh, productive in the run game, but it's, it hasn't been. I guess Snead had so many times where he just went nuts. Like he had that 208-yard game against Sac State. I don't know. I was just a little bit surprised by that. McDowell's had a great year, and he's also played more games than Snead ever did. But uh, I just thought that was interesting that he's the all-time single-season rushing leader for the Grizz football team now.
2: Well, how interesting is it, too, that both of those guys are are so recent, right? It's just sort of a a change in what the the archetype of a Grizz quarterback has been. (laughs) It's Uh, also hilarious
0: because Bobby Houck has said to the media and to the quarterback club frequently— well, we don't really need a mobile QB to run this offense, but the two mobile QBs they've had have been the two guys that were good at running the yeah, offense yep. and the ones that aren't mobile just haven't been as good. So it's just interesting.
2: Yeah, he's up to uh, 734 yards okay. now and nine touchdowns on the ground. And I think that a little bit of why it's surprising is you think, well, he's still only been a, the quarterback for half the season. That's not really true anymore. He's, he's played, what, eight, nine of the 13 games that the Grizz have played now. Yeah. He also had 80 yards against Butler in the season opener, even though we think that that was, you know, Sam Vidlack playing in that game. How ridiculous is it?
0: It's going to be so funny when there's, you know, assuming that like things like sports writing and stuff, <laughs> and college football still exist. It's going to be so funny when some young scribe, you know, 50 years from now is going through the, the history of the big sky conference statistically and they look up the all-time rushing record for a quarterback in the league. <laughs> and then they see Troy Anderson's 2018 season when Troy Anderson was a linebacker playing quarterback who didn't really throw the ball. But it's a record, I think, that it will it will never be broken. I don't really know how somebody's going to rush for, I think he had 1,492 yards, scored uh, 21 touchdowns. Uh, I just really don't know how that's going to be replicated I, I just don't know how you do it but that, that was the most that was the single most first of all ridiculous and second of all anomalous season I've ever seen a single player have Trey Anderson's such an unbelievable athlete I mean that's a that's a statement of the obvious but he is such an unbelievable athlete and yet was so limited as a quarterback but within the open field, you literally can't catch him. He's one of the fastest people in pads in the world, and that's like not an understatement. I mean, he really is one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. When you get him in the open field out of the quarterback run game, I mean, I remember that year he had 13 touchdowns over 60 yards. It was like a cheat code. It's like Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile. He's just way faster than everybody else. It was uh, it was dizzying to watch. Anyways, I just thought that was an interesting stat, which then will kick off a lot of our uh, Grizz football conversation here. Of course, uh, the Grizz are the semifinals of the FCS playoffs, but there's a lot of history behind this. As I said last week and yesterday, we're going to call this their last appearance was in 2011 because it was, even though that was a vacated season and the Big Sky Conference title that year is technically vacated. I'd still say, you know, they, they played in the semifinal in 2011. They lost to a very talented Sam Houston State team that Sam Houston State team occupies a very unique place in FCS history because they made it to three championship games in a row and they got second place three times in a row. But the way that the brackets worked that year in 2011 was so interesting too because you had Montana State get lined up and Montana State was good that year as well. You had the Cats get lined up with them twice in 2011 and 2012 and get knocked out by Sam Houston. And the Cats very very well may have been you know, a top four team, even a top three team, those those two years, but they just happened to play the definitive number two team, <laughs> those uh, that year. It's the same thing with the Grizz in 2011. The Grizz were probably the third best team in the in the country that year, and they just happened to have to play Sam Houston uh, in the semis, and that was a great game in Huntsville for sure. But it's been a long time coming, and the last time a semifinal game was here in Missoula, it uh, it was something to behold. I think it was probably the most iconic game in Bobby Hawke's head coaching career and I think it was probably at least in the in the in the conversation for one of, if not the most memorable games at Washington Grizzly Stadium history period. when when Montana hosted Appalachian State, the uh, the Mountaineers had won national titles in 2006, 2007 and 2008. They had the, the famed and uh, unforgettable win at Michigan when Michigan was number five in the country. Armante Edwards, at the time, was in the conversation as one of the great college football players of all time and certainly one of the great players in FCS history, a multiple-time Walter Payton Award winner. And that team had to come to Montana to take on an undefeated Grizz team that was led by a whole bunch of Montana-made guys, a whole bunch of guys. Uh, That that team, this memory will also always be so vivid to me. Because of that moment in my life, you know, I was a senior in college at the University of Montana. I was living with several guys that were playing on the football team, and to have sort of a front row seat to what that team was like. My brother was also on that team, so that was a that was a pretty unforgettable team, and it's not just because it was unforgettable to me, though. I think mo- a lot of people around Missoula and then have followed the Grizz since then would agree with me, and... The culmination of that, when you had a nationally televised night game at Washington Grizz against the Juggernaut, against App State, and then you had that game go into overtime and had the Grizz pull it out, that is certainly one of the most unforgettable moments, I think, in Missoula, period, let alone at Washington Grizzly Stadium and let alone in the modern history of Grizz football. And it's crazy that it's been since then that the Grizz have hosted a semifinal game here in Missoula, but that's what we get, and how fitting— that the, the team on the other side on Saturday is a juggernaut once again. The, the team that sort of replaced App State as the dynasty of the FCS was North Dakota State. And now the Bison, they've certainly uh, they've fallen out of hyperdrive. I mean, they were in hyperdrive there for a minute. When they won eight out of nine national championships, that was a ridiculous run. Well, they've since added a ninth, but now the the streak is at nine out of 12. Still unprecedented, but you know, when you're just churning it out, I mean, they went, they went three Pete and then four out of five, (laughs) like right in a row with coaching changes in the midst of it. Uh, they won two since then. Uh, Matt Enns has won two. So it's taken over for Chris Kleiman and the North Dakota state. They, I mean, they come to town with double digit wins. They've already won three playoff games. They are now 11 and three overall this year. Uh, But that's the most losses in a single season, other than the spring season that North Dakota State's had since this rise started in 2011. Either way, I think it's a fitting bookend and a fun deal for the University of Montana that they get to have this opportunity. You know, I mean, we talked. I know a lot of people around Western Montana, around the state state of Montana, have been incredibly hungry to get this opportunity again for the Grizz to be back in this spot, for there to actually be. Um. A national championship within their sights, and what a better scenario than you have to you have to slay Goliath. You got to topple the juggernaut. You got to get past the team that has been the king of the subdivision. And people, you know, some people would argue, hey, North Dakota State ascended to that that perch because of Montana and their uh, fall. You know, I mean, the Grizz never a fall from grace is a way too dramatic way of saying it because even with the Grizz. Over the last 10, 11 years, being not up to par to what they were and also maybe failing to truly compete for national championships, they've always been in the national conversation, in the playoff picture, you know, a team to be reckoned with in the Big Sky Conference. So it's a testament to the strength of the Montana program. But now you get a Montana program that's ascended at least for the moment, back to the ranks of the FCS elite. Then you also have an NDSU program that's trying to maintain themselves within that. Uh, so I love the narrative, man. I think it's a, I think it's a great storybook moment. And uh, if the Grizz can take advantage of it, the storybook for what has been uh, an unlikely but uh, pleasantly surprising 2023 will continue. Gotta say thanks to the advocates. They are proud to be a part of all of our Grizz football coverage all uh, season long, as as long as the playoffs... Last, I mean, here's the thing is we got this week and then you got the national championship, but there's going to be a couple weeks in between as well. So the advocates want to continue to support Grizz football throughout that time, especially if they do advance to the uh, FCS national championship. The advocates want to wish you happy holidays. The holidays should be a joyful and exciting time, shopping, spending time with family and friends. But if you're injured because of someone else's negligence, you're robbed of that happiness. Call the advocates today so they can start fighting for you and the settlement that you deserve. So you can get back to enjoying the holiday season. Call anytime, MontanaAdvocates.com or 406-640-4444. That's 640-4444 today. Uh, Andrew, I wanted to do a little Grizz uh, blindside, but not yet. I just wanted to ask you this. I'm, really, I'm just mostly just asking this so I could switch around so I can <laughs> look at you guys. But on that part of the narrative, just the fact that this is the first time there's been a semifinal game in Missoula since 2009. And the last time it was here, it was App State, which was like the, the Goliath of the subdivision at the time. And now you got the Goliath of the current day and age in NDSU here. And some would argue South Dakota State has ascended to that perch. But either way, what do you think of this opportunity for the Grizz just from a full program narrative standpoint? Obviously, it's huge for the program to go to the national championship if they
2: win this game. But what do you think of just the fact that it's the Bison standing in the way? Well, it's exceptional culture. I think that there are, you know, Montana's always been a program with high expectations. Certainly, um, with with a high level of, of standards, and so there there are three ways that the Grizzlies have typically been able to measure themselves against everybody else in the SCS, and and sort of the first level is. Everybody else in the Big Sky Conference, whether that's you know Weaver State having a good run or Eastern Washington having a good run, uh, you're going to play those teams year in and year out. Those are the those are you know your regional rivals. The second level, every year you get to measure yourself against the team across the state, which is the team that's uh, has the, the the most similar amount of resources to you, the team that recruits from the same area as you. It's a great measuring stick. Those those levels you know you're going to get year in and year out. You know you're going to have those games scheduled. This is the one that's the most important, and it doesn't come up every year. In fact, it barely comes up ever. You, you get to measure yourself against the teams at the very top of the FCS. FCS has, has sort of been a subdivision of dynasties, and you mentioned Appalachian State. North Dakota State now it really it looks has, like yeah. South Dakota State. There's always been that team.
0: Yeah, and back in the day, Georgia Southern, Marshall, you know, uh, the like Youngstown State. They've been there's been dynasties throughout the the relatively short history of the FCS for sure.
2: Absolutely, and and those dynasties have never really been from the Big Sky Conference. That's Montana's right. been the closest that we've right. gotten.
0: I mean, if Montana wins two more national championship games, you can consider it a dynasty. But instead, it was just this unbelievable run, right? Highlighted by always being in the mix and only winning the championship twice
2: in your seven trips to the the final right absolutely and you know there's always been sort of that that mythic other level to the subdivision and you don't know when you're going to get a chance uh to measure yourself against the teams or more generally team that makes up that level now you get a chance that's why it's so huge that's why the app state game in 09 was so huge you can never take these games for granted because you don't know when they're going to come around.
0: More Grizz talk coming up throughout the show. Let's dive into a prep extra, though. And again, we're not diverting from the actual prep sports that are going on. I just wanted to highlight some of the guys that came out of Montana high schools. Our prep extra is presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has uh, been in enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. But so there's plenty of guys for this Grizz football team. Mm-hmm that played high school football in the state of Montana. I know that's something that people around the Treasure State take great pride in. And uh, it's just pretty cool. It's just it's just pretty cool that some of the best guys playing in a nationally televised national semifinal are going to be, uh, you know, made in Montana, which is pretty cool. Uh, first of all, I'll start with the captains. Two linebacker captains from Montana. Braxton Hill, who's playing uh, some of his best ball. Well, not not some of. He is absolutely playing his best football here and his last month as a Grizzlies Anaconda, Montana product, a former gray shirt guy who then rose up to become one of the best Big Sky conference. And, and I would argue one of the, I mean, he finished 10th in the, I think 12th actually, excuse me, in the Buck Buchanan Award voting. But, I mean, certainly a nationally relevant and nationally prominent player there uh, for Montana. And then the other captain, Levi Janikaro. He's out of Missoula, Big Sky. He's become an impact player on the edge. For the Grizzlies, he was a second-team All-Big Sky guy, a former high school quarterback, turned college fullback, turned then college inside linebacker, and he's really found a home at that edge spot. splitting time with Riley Wilson, but he and Wilson have both been super impactful. Of course, there's a whole bunch of other Montana-made guys in that linebackers unit as well. Ryan Tyrrell has been a starter most of the year. He split a lot of time with Tyler Flink. Tyrrell's out of Missoula, Loyola. He's a junior. And uh, Flink, he's out of Missoula Big Sky, former high school teammate, Eli Carroll, like Carroll, a walk-on to the Grizz, who's really made his way. So shout-out to those Missoula Big Sky guys. Those are... Wow, I just sneezed so hard my headphones came off. Uh... <laughs> a couple of Missoula big scat guys that have really made their way and uh, been been impressive players for the Grizzlies, uh, and then Carson Rostad. He's out of Hamilton. He and his brother Tyson are both on the team. They were actually on the the uh, field on a kickoff together. One of the two of them posted a picture. I just thought that was cool. I mean, it's it's cool when brothers get to play with each other, especially when they're. I mean, Carson Rossad's a fourth-year junior, and Tyson Rossad's coming off of his redshirt freshman year, so uh, they're a little ways away in eight, so sometimes it doesn't always work out like that. Other uh, Montana guys to watch in this game, of course, Junior Bergen. Uh, he is absolutely Mr. Electricity right now for the Grizzlies, set Montana's all-time punt return uh, for touchdowns record, broke a record previously held by uh, some of the most famed names in Grizz football history, Mark Mariani, Lavander Seegers. And Jerry Lou and McGee all had three punt return touchdowns. And now Bergen, after last week, he's got four, and he's still got another year left with the Grizz. Uh, and he's not just an electric returner. He also has 49 catches for 700-plus uh, yards and has caught four touchdowns as well. So he's certainly the uh, the top Montana guy on the, the Grizz offense. Uh, other guys, uh, Journey Grimsrud, a right guard out of Huntley Project. He's a sophomore. He's the only starter uh, on the offensive line. Jake Olson from Butte, he'll probably be in the tight ends rotation. Evan Schaefer, Eric Barker, are both ahead of him. They're both out-of-state guys. But Olson from Butte will probably be uh, the third guy there, and he'll play some special teams as well. Ryan Simpson out of Bozeman High School has also been in the receiver rotation this year, as has Drew Deck. Those two guys are like the five and the six. The, they primarily used four, uh, the front-line guys, Bergen, Aaron Fonts, and Keelan White. But um, and sort of Rockinelli has kind of been that fourth guy. Uh, but then Ryan Simpson and Drew Decker are probably the five and the six guys there in the offense. So a little less Montana flavor on the offense. Uh, of course, you got to talk about the guys in the secondary as well. Trevor Grady was a first-team All-League guy this year, uh, Billings West product. Ryder Meyer had a great year this year as well, although he did get dinged up in that Furman game. So we'll see what his availability is. Uh, if, if he's not available, Garrett Graves will be the guy there, but he's also played a lot in that spot. They've rotated heavily at that spot. Uh, Meyer, of course, from Fairfield, Montana. Garrett Graves from Eureka, Montana. And then you got Jackson Lee. Nash Fouch got dinged last game, too. He went to the locker room, and uh, Fouch, uh, oh, I don't know what his availability is this week, but Jackson Lee uh, has played, had a great year. He scored two defensive touchdowns, kid out of Phillipsburg, Montana. So he'll be in the rotation quite a bit. Couple other guys on the two deep uh, from up front as well as uh, in the secondary. Jace Kluswicz has been backing up. Corbin Walker. He's a Frenchtown kid, graduated from Missoula Sentinel there at one of the corner spots. And uh, then Kellen Dietrich. He's been Alex Gubner's number two there on the inside, at defensive tackle. Um, kid out of Haver, Montana. So there you go. Some uh, Montana made guys on the Montana Grizz roster that you, uh, you'll probably see in the game on Saturday with North Dakota State in town. That's our prep extra, highlighting some of the Montana guys. Presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. All right, let's uh, let's do a little grizzle blindside. So my first one was actually going to be exactly what I already asked you, just about sort of the the prominence and prestige of this game. Uh, What do you got for me? What do you think?
2: Well, the the, uh, the enduring question coming out of the Furman game for me is sort of what happens if the running game can't get any purchase for the Grizz. Clifton McDowell was able to pick up a ton of the slack. The running backs, none of the running backs had a good game. You mentioned it. Longest carry of the day for a running back was six yards. That didn't come until the first play of overtime for the Grizz right. when Nick Osmo took that toss. Who picks up the slack there? If, if North Dakota... You know, Furman played hard. I think we both thought that they had some really good players on the, their defense. Yeah. I think North Dakota State's probably going to have more good players on their defense. Yeah. The...
0: I, I was thinking about this exact deal because I was trying to evaluate... I, I saw NDSU Live two weeks ago in Bozeman. And I was trying to evaluate... It's hard to evaluate a team's abilities against the quarterback run game... When the quarterback run game is being operated by Tommy Malott because he's just faster than all the other quarterbacks that are, you know, saying Tommy Malott gashed North Dakota State. I guess what I'm getting at is, was that because Tommy Malott was making the right reads and just going off and using his his, uh, unbelievable skill? Or was it because North Dakota State's vulnerable to that? There's There's some sort of weakness in their defense. So... If there's a weakness there in scheme or execution, can the Grizz then attack that? Can Clifton McDowell then get loose? I mean, that was the that was the give and take, right? Is that sure Eli Gilman only had two yards on 10 carries and, and Osman only had like 19 yards. But Furman selling out on those guys is one of the reasons why Clifton McDowell had 120 yards. Can you then find the rushing yards elsewhere? That's part of it. Because I I just think. You have to just find some form of semblance of being able to run the ball. It's not like last week, even though Furman shut down their run game, they still averaged, I think, three and a half yards per carry. If you can get three and a half yards per carry and you can rush for, you know, even though, again, even though Furman, the, the stats look pretty good, the Grizz rushed for about 60 yards more on Furman than what their average per game allowed was. So all you got to do is just, you got to be able to run the ball effectively enough that you can be in manageable second and third law, uh, third down situations so then McDowell can run around, do his stuff, find the open receivers. You just got to run enough to, to be respectable. So even even if NDSU shuts down the running backs, I still think you can get loose a little bit with, uh, with McDowell and you can just make up for it at least enough to be functional to then set up the other stuff you want to do.
2: Follow up question sort of on this, we talked about Clifton McDowell a fair amount already in this first hour. So so just a quick one here. I mean, if they beat North Dakota State and he takes them to the national championship game, where does that rank among recent Grizz quarterback single season performances?
0: Wow, it's so crazy because like you if you're just evaluating him based on like just his talent and ability. I mean he's he's good he's not Dave Dickinson, he's not Brent Pease, he's not Brian Ayotte, he's not Drew Miller, he's not John Edwards, he's not Craig Oaks, he's not Cole <laughs> you know, he's In terms of where you would rank him purely on what he can do on the football field compared to the other guys the Grizz have had over the last 30 years, I think the only guys you would definitively rank him ahead of are, man, he's about on par with Josh Swagger. He's probably. I mean, I didn't even mention Jordan Johnson. He's behind Jordan Johnson, like guys that have been starters for the Grizz. That McDowell's better than just as a pure player. I don't even know. But but to say though that he hasn't been an important part of this would be completely disingenuous. He's in fact been the the single biggest part part. of it. Absolutely. So maybe he does get all the credit in the world for being. I said this since the beginning of of his sort of emergence. He's Bobby Houck's perfect quarterback. So maybe that does make him one of the great quarterbacks in Grizz history because of the the synchronicity with his coach. I I still think that, I mean, I know I'm biased on this because he's one of my good buddies, but Cole Berquist was, was actually the perfect fit for Bobby Houck because Cole's a way better pure quarterback. I mean, Cole played pro football for half a dozen years up in the CFL on the Saskatchewan Roughriders Riders, and... Uh, so he had the skill, the athleticism, but he also had the demeanor to kind of <laughs> be able to to coexist with Coach How. But that's what McDowell's got too. McDowell's a great fit with Bobby Houck. He's a great fit for this offense. They've done a great job putting him into positions to succeed and using his skill set well. Man, where would it rank? I mean, if they really go to the national championship, then he's an unforgettable Grizz, man. He really is. And like I, you know, I'm just nerding out over here evaluating all these guys, but the most, you know, the most casual observers for the Grizz, which I know most fans are pretty passionate, but you know they don't have like the the encyclopedia like we got with all these media guys and everything in front of us. So the the common fan will certainly remember Clifton McDowell with great reverence and a much better than a lot of those guys I probably just named. So it's, it's a good question. So Nuanas now, now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Coming to you through the ESPN uh, MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. If you're looking, uh, you're watching on TV, see my cool pieces of memorabilia. I got it. I'll crowd it up now, but I'll move my Montana Greats book so you can see. Uh, First of all, I got this Mirage Bowl, 84 Mirage Bowl. Montana played the United States Army. The Military Academy is what the, the program says. But this is from 1984 when... Our good buddy, Marty Mornowegg, was the senior quarterback for the Grizzlies. So the Army Black Knights versus Montana Grizzlies in Tokyo, Japan. The halftime show was put on by the Tennessee State uh, Aristocrat of Bands. <laughs> the, the ads in here go between, like, American ads and Japanese ads. And, you know, there's there's letters here. Like, the mayor of Missoula, John H. Toole, wrote a, meta- a letter to the Japanese people. I mean, th- this thing is just rich with all sorts of uh, fun little deals. I've been looking at it uh, sporadically here for the last couple of days. And uh, also got our wagon from Marshall. That was from the '96 National Championship in Huntington, West Virginia. It's from our great friends at Red's Bar. Uh, Red's Bar, located downtown Missoula. They uh, are a great place to watch. If you want to go pregame before the Grizz, you want to watch the Grizz somewhere, or you want to hang out after the Grizz game, Red's bar right there on Ryman, uh, your go-to spot. Appreciate them for all their donations of all this fun memorabilia we've been rocking with here uh, on Nuatas Now. We've been kicking this down the road because our good buddy Pete Hamill from Vertical Rays has been gone, but he's back. I see him. He's out in the waiting room. So we will do our Vertical Rays Players of the Year. we got an Offensive Player of the Year, a Defensive Player of the Year, and an Overall Player of the Year from the Class AA ranks We will talk about all that next. Keep it right here. No one is now ESPN Radio. and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players. We know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulteilaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Sometimes we let particularly uh, great guests <laughs> DJ their own stuff. Uh, Pete picked that song <laughs> Welcome back Duana's Now ESPN Radio Pete Hamill A uh, former Grizz Sort of a formal va- Vandal too I mean you got a, You got one degree From Idaho right
1: I do have one degree From Idaho
0: <laughs> eh, Well it's okay We won't hold it Against I you I was
1: really hoping That Montana and Idaho Could match up oh, For the oh, national man.
0: championship That would be there. actually A fun uh, championship For a variety of reasons Fun football matchup It'd be a fun Little reunion For a bunch of Different people Yeah Uh, note for, Side note From the sports center There as we came back I didn't know this until this weekend. It's fascinating. Mason Pline, who was one of the key factors to Furman staying in and then coming back in the game on Friday night between Furman and Montana. He was the 6'7", 265-pound tight end. You can't really miss him. He, though, started his career as a basketball player at Ferris State. I had no idea. Then he, like, walked on to the football team. First of all, how does that guy have to walk on to a D2 team? But he quickly became, like, a very good D2 player, and then he graduate transferred to Furman. So uh, a Ferris State tie for you. For those wondering, too, somebody was asking me the other day, how Ferris State do this year? Well, they lost in the first round of the playoffs, the D2 playoffs, but they lost to Grand Valley State. So uh, long story short, Two of the most premier programs in D2 are Grand Valley State and Ferris State, and they are rivals. They're both in Michigan, and they go back and forth a lot. Grand Valley State's been like the other powerhouse program there. So um, Ferris State, some would say, oh, overrated, you know, because there was so much talk about how good they were for a D2 team. Uh, if Grand Valley State wins at all, I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, there's an update on uh, on Ferris State. How you been, dude? You haven't seen you in a while.
1: I know. It's been forever. I got you a wedding present because you wow, got married. Wow, thank gone. you. Since you love the mustard oh, this seed is this so is much.
0: our this is our inside joke, too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Pete spent many years in Hawaii, and so, you know, <laughs> you get a lot of great food in Hawaii, especially when you're talking your Asian food, your Islander food, stuff like that. And uh, I'm always teasing. I'm like, man, the mustard seeds, the best restaurant in town. So thanks, pal. You're
1: welcome. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I'll have um, to take
0: you to lunch there. I'll show you what to order. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you should do that. Um no, it's been forever. Um I was gone, you were gone, I was sick, it was things
0: were amazing. how you feeling now? You I'm be, good. You're man, back? Had, yeah. <laughs> good.
1: COVID and the flu back
0: to back is God. I was like, man, I hope you feel better, but you are not coming in here. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh we'll keep going. Yeah. So uh we've been doing it all fall long. If you haven't been following along, a vertical raise class AA player of the week, which has been awesome. It's been very fun. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from the kids and the coaches. Uh, it's been cool to not only talk about them and their accomplishments. Uh, we, all, we also tried to make, even though these are individual awards, we tried to make them about the team uh, as well because we want, you know, guys that are on part of winning efforts being the ones that are getting the accolades. So uh, that's reflected in our, our uh, players of the year as well. But we did this once a week, all year long, gave trophies out to a variety of different kids. Uh, maybe we'll round up the, the list uh, for uh, some end-of-the-year episodes so we can let, let you know all the different guys that won this award. Uh, but it's been very fun. It's been a, a cool deal. It's been fun to work with Pete on this. And uh, it's just cool just giving kids the trophies or whatever. You know, we say there's all this complaining about participation trophy, whatever. These are earned trophies, and it's, co- it's just cool for these guys. This is a great idea, man. Thanks for coming up with this.
1: Yeah, you're welcome, and trophies are bigger this week. Great, yeah, um, yeah, we got big we, time we, trophies we, this week. We stepped up uh in the in the trophy class, so um yeah, it's a cool one.
0: Well, we couldn't have done it without our friends at Vertical Rays, which Pete is uh, the Montana guy for Vertical Rays. So uh, just start there. Tell people about this. What have you been working on lately, actually? what are you, Any uh, new fundraisers you guys got cooking? Uh, winter sports, man. Yeah. Uh,
1: wrestling and basketball are, are off and running. Um, we did some stuff with Sentinel. We did some stuff with Hellgate. We did some stuff at Big Sky. I spent a week up in Flathead getting all yeah, this Yeah, you
0: stuff had a good, good stuff with the Flathead wrestling yeah, team, right? Yeah, we go
1: back up and cool. do speech and debate up there. So not just sports. Uh, Vertical Rays can help you uh, exponentially increase your fundraising uh, regardless of the group you're with. Um we use email, text message and social media to get that going and and just kind of broaden that base, but yeah man, um winter sports are in full swing. Give us a call if if we could help out. So here's what we're doing
0: today. Well, I guess first of all, we played the fight song coming in cuz you you know, you played football for the Grizzlies and, week, and uh, we've been talking about this a lot. So what have you thought? What have you thought these last couple of weeks? I haven't seen you. We've been texting and calling each other a lot, but I haven't seen you since the uh since before the rivalry game, so what do you, I mean? The Grizz have uh, really turned it up this last uh, month or so.
1: Yeah, for sure. The Delaware game was sweet. Um, I was at that one. Um, the Furman game, I thought was going to be a blowout because it's real hard to get the momentum back after Junior Bergen takes the opening kick no to the house, especially in Wagon Grizz. But um, credit to Furman for getting it done. Um, I think North Dakota State's probably the team I would want to see the least out of the remaining teams. Uh, Doesn't
0: that mean you want to see them the
1: most? Kind of, but I would rather it be in the title game. I mean, those guys, we have this great advantage of Washington Grizzly Stadium and cold weather and, and all those things, right? Well, North Dakota State lives in North Dakota, so they don't <laughs> But they play inside, though, right? But it's still loud in the Fargo Dome, right? No, I've for sure. In there. Um, so it's I don't think, not
0: even close to as loud as Washington I don't Grizzly think Stadium. the noise
1: impacts them as much as it impacts sure. like Furman or, or yeah. Delaware. Or they handle
0: Minnesota the noise teams. well in, uh, in Bobcat Stadium. Yeah. And it'll be louder on Saturday, Wash Grizz. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Should, should be a great game.
1: Two storied FCS programs matching up. I'm excited for it. I actually get to go because I'm not sick. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's
0: great. Well, uh, Pete was on uh, the Grizz in the early 2000s, and uh, Andrew presented a great question. He said, Where would you remember Clifton McDowell uh, if he leads the Grizz to the national championship game? Well, first of all, if he wins the national championship, then he's, you know, he's like in the Holy Trinity because that's just what you're at. You know, I mean, Johnny Montana, Johnny Elvers is a good quarterback for the Grizz. He's certainly. Remembered in rarefied air as an all-time great, and justifiably so. He was a you know a captain and and the quarterback on the Grizz' last national championship team in 2001. You take the national championship away though, and again, John Edwards is a good quarterback, but he's probably just within that same group that we just talked about. And I think it's the same thing with McDowell. If they don't win, then he's a, a you know good quarterback in Grizz history. If they do go to the Natty or they win the national championship, now all of a sudden he's an unforgettable character. I mean, John Edwards is my quarterback, so oh, I don't for know. Sure.
1: You, I, there's not much I can say about it besides John Edwards is the man.
0: Yeah, that's right, and John Edwards is the man. He still is the man, and we've, we we to have him on. We heard from him uh, last week leading up to this uh, with some memories on the 2001 game, so that was fun. And uh, I mean, if they call you Johnny Montana, it means yeah. you're it means you're a legend. So uh, we'll see if if Cliff though can get there, he would certainly be the most unlikely member of the unforgettable quarterbacks group in Grizz history. And here's
1: what I would say about Cliff. I and I think that we've talked about this. I don't recall a player that I've watched improve more in one season than right. Clifton McDowell has improved this season. Right. And what you said about him being the catalyst for so many different things they do and maybe the most important piece is absolutely true, man. When that kid is on, whether it's that Delaware game, pick your game, when he's on, they are really,
0: really, really good. He absolutely is the catalyst. He's He's been the key to so much of it. So, um We'll see. We'll see how he he finishes this thing up, but uh, he's certainly knocking on the door. All right, let's talk some high school football. Pete Hamill in studio with us. It's our vertical raise class, AA Players of the Year. We gave away Players of the Week all week, or each week, excuse me, throughout the fall season. So uh, we'll start with the defensive guy. Pete's going to give you the defensive guy because he he did a bunch of of, uh, reporting on this. I'm going to give you my offensive guy, and then we already mutually agreed on our uh, overall Player of the Year. So uh, take us through. Who do you got? Not a ton
1: of discussion about it. It's Isaac Kime from Glacier. Um, the kid's 6'4". He's 215. He's coming to play for the Grizz. He had 57 tackles, averaged five tackles a game as a defensive end. Impressive. Um, 13 tackles for a loss, five sacks, major contributor on offense. I reached out to a number of coaches, and it was unanimous across the board that he was the most difficult defensive player to deal with um, in all of A football. And to me, that's the measuring stick, is if the coaches are saying, hey, here's the one guy we faced that we really had a hard time handling. Um, if they all say that, then, then that's the guy. So Isaac Heim Glacier is the vertical-raised Montana AA Defensive Player of the Year. Congrats, Isaac. I'm going to bring you a trophy on Thursday.
0: Love it. Well, this is a, it's a cool story because the young man had a prodigious potential. He, he was one of those guys where like it's very rare in Montana high school football where guys are getting buzz when they're freshmen. But he was. A freshman and sophomore, he was getting a ton of buzz. And then he got hurt. I mean, he was getting, like, early interest from Pac-12 schools. And then he got hurt. And then a lot of people were off of him. And the, the Grizz went all in on him. And then he proved it. He came all the way back and he was a first team All State player on both sides of the ball. And uh I think he has insane upside, man. I think I think he's got huge potential. The other thing is, is a lot of times with linemen and Glacier was really talented, but most of their most talented players were either skill on the guys. offensive skill or on the perimeter, right? A lot of times when you're when you're like the big bad dude who commits to the grizz or the cats early, then everybody just double and triple teams you so then you have these, you know whatever kind of average stats as a senior because you don't have a bunch of other guys to take the attention off of you. He experienced that and still put up big numbers. Yeah, so, I watched his
1: film. He's a horse. Yeah,
0: I mean, he, he's he's really productive, and he was the whole anchor of everything they did up front. So, uh, Isaac Kent, future Montana Grizz, our uh, Class AA Vertical Rays Player of the Year. Yeah, who's the offense? All right, offense, I, I, I came down to three guys. My, my first runner-up, I, I cut him out right away only because of his team's... Uh, Win total, but Joey Sandberg was our one of our players of the week this week. He's Missoula Big Sky's running back, and he ended up as the state's leading rusher. He rushed for almost 1,200 yards, averaged 116 yards per game, had seven 100-yard games, and scored 10 total touchdowns. So all those numbers were were right there, and uh, you know he helped Big Sky at least be in the playoff mix, and they they made the playoffs. They lost in the first round, but um, they were knocking on the door, and. A lot of it was because of their toughness defensively and all that, but also a lot of it was because they could control the clock and they had a really good uh, running back. The fact of the matter is though, they only won four games. So uh, that made him the, the third guy. Then it came down to two guys. Jackson Presley, the quarterback for Glacier, uh, he won one of our Players of the Week this week, uh, this year. Excuse me, the first one. Yeah, he was the very first one, and uh, you know, I mean, we were nominating him every week basically because he had an absurdly efficient season. Uh, in twelve games, he threw for three thousand and fifty-three yards. That's two hundred and sixty-four yards per game, averaged sixteen yards per completion, and sixty-six percent completion rate. Threw twenty-eight touchdowns and only four picks. So uh, a very impressive quarterback rating as well. And uh, I mean, he was great. He was as consistent. And um, productive as anybody in the state of Montana. The uh, number one thing I didn't pick Jackson Presley for, though, is that he's a sophomore. And I think he's going to be in this mix quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I don't ever want to say it's all about career achievements. But, I mean, this young man's going to end up probably having one of the more storied careers in Montana high school football history. He's going to have a chance to break a lot of records. And he's going to have a huge recruiting portfolio to choose from. He already already does, right. So lots of stuff still to come for Jackson Pressley, which then leads me to who our vertical race class AA player of the year on offense is Quinn Clark. This guy amazingly did not win any of our Players of the Week, even though he was a nominee every single week. We still got you, Quinn. Yeah, we still got you. So Quinn Clark, of course, is a senior wide receiver for Bozeman Gallatin. He is a two-way player. I mean, he he was a kicker even sometimes during the year. So he did it all there for Gallatin. He was a huge part of uh, their run to the semifinals of the Class AA playoffs. Talk about a guy that received a ton of extra attention and still was able to have pretty impressive stats he had 58 catches for 9-18 and 15 as a junior, so he did have about 15 less catches as a senior, but for uh, almost the same amount of yardage, averaged almost 20 yards per catch and scored 14 touchdowns. So he scores 30 touchdowns during his career. 15 and 14 back-to-back years is pretty impressive, and you talk about getting all this extra attention, especially down in the red zone. I mean, teams were doubling him. They were bracketed him, so he was basically triple-covered, and he still had 14 touchdowns. So... uh Talking about rising above it, and and also there's just a certain element where you're the marked man. Yeah, you're committed to Nebraska. Everybody knows you're going to the Big Ten. Everybody wants to take your shot at you. Hundred percent. You still gonna score 14 touchdowns? Pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's that's remarkable. And I think your your last point is really well taken. Um, When you get those big recruits in Montana high school football, Idaho high school football, yes, it's all you talk about all week. Like, let's go get this. Right. Don't let this guy beat us. Yeah, and. Plenty
0: of times he did. Plenty of times he still did. So, I mean, he had at least one touchdown in all but one of Gallatin's games. So, I mean, he showed up every single week. He even threw a touchdown. So, I mean, the guy did it all. So, Quinn Clark, before you go to Nebraska, we'll have a trophy for you uh, as our Vertical Rays Class AA Offensive Player of the Year. Our... Overall player of the year. I don't think it's going to be that big of a surprise. Go ahead. uh, uh, To to the folks that have been listening. He was our final player of the week. And uh, so that happened to be during state championship week. Talk about going out with a storybook ending. Our our player of the year overall in Class AA is Kellen Harrison, the quarterback for the Bozeman Hawks. Not only was he uh, a model of consistency all season long, but then he uh, he goes out and completely balls out, throws four t- touchdowns and runs in a fifth, throws basically what amounts to the game-winning touchdown with about a minute and forty seconds to go. Oh, by the way, he throws it to his Queen best. Ash. He throws it to his best friend Quade Ash, Ash. Uh, which was another guy that was one of our players of the week this week, uh, this year, excuse me, and uh, uh, for doing it for, for being so good all year long, getting your team undefeated, and then also having your best game and the best game of state championship weekend. Kellen Harrison had to be the guy Yeah, 2,892 pass yards,
1: 25 touchdowns against 8 picks 68% completions um, also ran for 329 yards and 7 touchdowns and like you said kind of similar to what we said about Connor Dick when we gave him that basketball award last year had his best game in the state title and was probably the most important player in leading Bozeman on their state state title run so um, yeah congrats Kellen, heck of a season.
0: I'll be so interested to see what's uh, next for him I'm excited to watch him play basketball because he's definitely going to be in the mix for our basketball award as well. I mean, he's a first team all state guy last year for the Hawks. He's a, a great combo guard. I mean, average almost 18 points per game uh, last season. So um, he's certainly uh, a great dual sport athlete, but I'm going to be fascinated to see what, what the future holds for him too. Cause he's uh he's still developing. I mean, he's, he's, he's not as physically mature yet, even though he's a great smooth, fluid athlete, he's got some room to grow. And, uh, at this exact moment, I think he could play in the Frontier Conference in both football or basketball, but you wonder if he focused on one, if then he'd have some upside if he grows a little more. So, I don't know. I think he's the kid's got a bright future. He's got a lot of options. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it. I'm excited to watch him play hoops, too. So, as now ESPN Radio, our Vertical Rays uh, Class AA Players of the Year, uh, anything else to add to this conversation? That's all I got. If you want to use Vertical Rays for any and all of your organizations, whether uh, it's Sports or other uh, various activities, like Pete said, I do some speech and debate stuff. These helped out various bands around the areas as well. Uh, Verticalrays.com, right? Yep. Verticalrays.com. Send them an email; they will route
1: you to the proper place, and I'll be in touch. Well, very cool, and uh, thanks again. Thanks for spearheading this, man. This was fun. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We should do Player of the Year for basketball too. Uh,
0: We're let's do it. I I love it. It gives us a whole bunch of stuff to talk about and a whole bunch of reasons to really give it back to the kids. So uh, that'll be fun upcoming Class AA Players of the Year for high school basketball. give you our Treasure State Stars, a little bit of a college-heavy flavor, a couple of Montanans landing new gigs in big-time college football, plus some more. Right after this, keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world 9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Yo, what's up everybody? no one is now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for kicking it with us here on this Tuesday. Time for our Treasure State Stars presented... By Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. I uh, teased this going on the break, but a couple guys with Montana roots are headed to uh, different and elevated positions. So i try to say star number one, Clay Big Nell. He's an All-Big Sky linebacker for Montana State, a Helena Capital product, part of the Bignell family lineage. Of course, there's been uh, b- great Big Nels uh, throughout Montana State's lore. Joe Big Hall of Fame tight end there, was on the 84 National Championship team. A couple of his sons, Mac and Nate, both played for the Bobcat football team. Mac was an All-Big Sky linebacker. Clay is cousins with them. He and his brother Brian played for the Cats as well. And Clay was a uh, All-Big Sky linebacker on a Big Sky championship team. And uh, he's been climbing the coaching ranks since. He was a GA at Notre Dame. That was a pretty cool experience. Most recently, he was the defensive coordinator at Eastern Illinois. Well, now today, he's headed to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He's going to Southern Miss. Uh, so he will be the uh, the new defensive coordinator there for Southern Miss. So uh, pretty cool. The second one, also a former Bobcat, an all-time Big Sky Conference great, and a guy then who's been in the coaching ranks forever, mostly at Montana State, but recently the last couple of years at Boise State, it's Kane Ione. He is headed to Nevada. Jeff Choate announced that he has hired Kane Ione as the defensive coordinator there for Nevada. So uh, Kane has been at Boise State in a couple different capacities the last couple of years, and now Kane headed to uh, Reno to link back up with his uh, his old boss. Ione and, and Choate worked together at Montana State for, for four years, so uh, Kane... Um, Reunited with Choate in uh, Reno. Jersey star number three. How about uh, Dickinson State? This is uh, just the university as a whole. It's more of just a, a nod of the cap to them because I just think this is a, a better fit for them. Dickinson State's been playing D2 sports for the last couple of years. But it's just been weird where they've been at. They've been in the North Star Athletic Association so they have a couple, like, kind of regional rivals or whatever. But even though Dickinson is in North Dakota, it's it's more close to Montana and fits with the Montana Frontier schools better than where where they were at. And now, as of today, they're into the Frontier Conference. So I think this is cool. This is good for the Frontier. The, The Frontier's expanded both ways, both west and east. So this is another... Uh, good addition. But the College of Idaho, uh, uh, that addition, plus the Oregon schools, Eastern Oregon, Southern Oregon, to the Frontier, has been good for the league. It's made it more competitive. I mean, Carroll would argue it's been... Carroll College would argue it's, it's maybe... I don't know. I think there's several things that have gone into Carroll not being the, the kings of Frontier Conference football. They, they've still been good, but I mean, they were a dynasty among dynasties. They were like North Dakota State before North, North Dakota State of the NAIA. But certainly the expansion... Has been a part of it. It breeds parity. It breeds uh, more co- competition across the playing field. So uh, I just think it's good that Dickinson State's in. I think there's a lot of Montana kids from eastern Montana that have gone the way of Dickinson State. And now with Dickinson in the frontier, it uh, it gives a lot of those kids an opportunity to play in their home state. I, I just think it's going to be good for high school recruiting in Montana. I think even more Dickinson kids will go that way. Or excuse me, Montana kids will go the way of Dickinson and uh, I just think it's, I don't know, it's just good. And they're Like I said, they're not a Montana school, but they're almost a Montana school. And uh, I think that's good enough. I think it will just help breed, you know, the pride for the frontier uh, in the state of Montana. Tracer star number four. This was just in the inbox right before Showtime. Uh, Chris Nord, who's been a coach of so many different sorts at Montana for 40 years, 41 years, in fact. Uh, he announced his retirement. So he has been at Montana since 1982. If you if you play golf anywhere in Missoula, I bet you you've seen Coach Nord, and I bet you he said hi. He's, a, he's such a nice guy, and you see him out there at the practice range, uh, all over town, ranch club, country club, Canyon River. Uh, he said in the Missoulian. I guess this is from UM Sports Information, they'll call it a career in January. Um, he has helped with women's tennis. Uh, he's helped with men's tennis and uh, he's helped with women's golf. So he's been around for uh, a really long time. He's worn a lot of hats and uh, basically been a lifer there uh, at the University of Montana. So uh, happy retirement to uh, Coach Nord. We'll probably have to get him in here and, uh, and get some stories from him. Uh, and The Georgia State star number five, how about the, uh, the variety of Bobcats and Grizz that landed on the FCS All-American team? Seven of them total, four from the Cats. This is uh, the Associated Press uh, All-American list. Offensive lineman Marcus Weir was a first-team selection for Montana State. He's a junior out of Billings Central. Presumably will be back next year. All-purpose player Sean Chambers and offensive lineman Rush Reimer both earned second-team honors. Chambers, of course, graduating. Reimer, of course, already in the transfer portal. And then defensive lineman Brody Greeby, who's a Melstone product, he got third-team recognition. For the Grizz, three players on the team. Alex Gubner is the Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Sky. He was the lone first-team selection Junior Bergen was a uh, all-purpose player on the second team. They must have not had a punt returner. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine there was somebody that was picked over Bergen as the punt returner. If they were, that's just. I don't know. I think that's just wrong. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just being biased towards Bergen. But either way, Bergen was a second team selection on this AP All-American team as an all-purpose player. And then linebacker Braxton Hill. Uh, he got a third team nod after leading the Grizzlies in tackles and. Uh, Landed on the first team, all Big Sky. So, uh, an account of product right there. In terms of other Big Sky schools that got guys on the list, Weber State offensive lineman Noah Atagi was on the first team, as was Idaho defensive back Marcus Harris. Atagi's a senior, so he's on his way out. Harris is into the portal, so he is also on his way out, even though he has eligibility remaining. Uh, four four players from the Big Sky were on the team on the second team. Hayden Hatton out of Idaho. Idaho State wide receiver Shadon James, who's also in the portal. Idaho senior kicker Ricardo Chavez. And Weber State linebacker, senior linebacker Winston Reed. So none of those guys are coming back. James is in the portal. Hatton, Chavez, and uh, Reed are all graduating. And then uh, two guys from on the third team, UC Davis running back Lan Larrison. Who, as of right now, is still there and it will be back next year. And then Eastern Washington wide receiver Efton Chisholm III, who has announced that he is exploring a transfer. So uh, most of the guys on the AP All-American team out of the big sky are either graduating or in the portal, but there's still a couple uh, coming back. That's our Treasure State Stars with a little All-American flair on the end. It's presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union is a great place in Western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Justin Angle, the business angle. Talking to the overlay between business and sports. The economic impacts of Grizz playoff games in Missoula. The ratings flop that has been the NBA season tournament and a whole bunch more. Come right here. You want us now? ESPN Radio.